Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to Business Builder Show, where we feature champions in their respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today, we're going to talk about the meaning behind the marketing, and we'll do that with Ryan Green. Now, Ryan is the co-founder and CEO of Iron Light, which is a full-service marketing agency that empowers purpose-driven brands to change the world. His extensive agency experience includes co-founding Firebone, an integrative design and marketing firm, and serving as the chief operating officer at RRNA, which was a management marketing and fundraising firm. His award-winning work spans from cause based organizations all the way up to fortune 100 companies ryan it's great to have you here sir good to be here so tell us who in the world do you serve what is a is a uh, a purpose-driven brand yeah i think the easiest way to explain that is to talk about the vision statement at iron light which is a world without limitations on human potential when we're referring to those limitations, a lot of times they're imposed by government or by corporations or individuals using the force of government to try to exclude or eliminate competition. So our clients span from, as you mentioned, cause-based organizations to Fortune 100 groups. A lot of businesses that are in emerging markets, think uh, a cryptocurrency or the cannabis industry, come to us. And rather than using lobbying or PAC money or things like that, we actually use advocacy campaigns, marketing campaigns that oftentimes lead with storytelling to highlight a problem and then connect individuals with a way that they can advance a solution to that problem, which ultimately makes markets freer and gives these companies an opportunity to thrive and grow. Beautiful. So that's that's quite a range. I'm imagining yes. that that there's a relatively small problem set that these people share, Ryan, that you you and your team solve for them. So tell us what those problems are. Yeah, the major problem, uh, which a lot of people don't understand about the public policy or legislative process, is that there's a fixed set of lobbyists. And oftentimes those lobbyist relationships are already owned and they have existing interests with corporations or organizations. So if you're a startup or you're in an emerging market, it's really difficult to break in because you can't hire the resources that you need in order to compete. And so we've developed a process uh, through which we use uh, traditional marketing tactics and actually grassroots advocacy to compete directly uh, with those lobbyists uh, and hopefully you know, advance a solution or advance an opportunity for, for these organizations. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So you're very proactive, it sounds like. So uh, I think it would help our listeners, Ryan, if maybe you could, in explaining how you go about solving that problem, maybe an actual case study. You know, here's, here's, mm-hmm. a, here's an organization. Here's how they came to us. This was their problem. This is how what the process we took them through. And here's the outcome. That'd be beautiful if, if you can remember one off the top of your head. Yeah, most recently, earlier this year, we were involved in passing medical cannabis in Mississippi. We were approached by a coalition of organizations who were interested in passing legislation to legalize medical cannabis. They had actually been on the ballot 
and a really big majority of voters had actually approved medical cannabis. I think it was roughly 75%. But lawmakers used a bizarre tactic to overturn it. Essentially in Mississippi, they had to have majority vote in five congressional districts, but Mississippi is shrinking. And so they actually only had four congressional districts at this time. And so they said, look, we, you know, it didn't pass muster. So they, yeah, so they rejected it and then it had to go through the legislative process again. So we came in and began telling the stories of folks in Mississippi who could actually use medical cannabis to treat things like seizures or, you know, alternative to pain medication and things like that. And we began promoting those stories and then driving voter advocacy directly at these lawmakers, created a large amount of public pressure of the legislation passed through and it's now becoming law in the state of Mississippi. So they'll have medical cannabis. So that's an example of, of some of the work that we've done Can most you recently. remember how, how that organization found you, Ryan? Almost all of our, our work is uh, word of mouth. The, yeah, the, the political and advocacy space is, is a very small universe, even though it seems very large. It's yeah. highly networked and highly connected, and especially in specific industries like cannabis or blockchain, you know, they're, they're highly networked and, and share a lot of information with each other. So, okay, when, I, when you say highly networked and sharing information and so forth, I imagine you've got lots of competitors or at least several competitors. So tell us, Ryan, how you differentiate yourself from your competition and why people that are listening to us right now should reach out, talk to you and not somebody else. Yeah, the biggest difference between Iron Light and our competitors is that our team does not come from government. We do not come from politics. So a lot of times what you'll have is someone will have a high up position in an administration, chief of staff or some major legislative position. When the person that they work for leaves office, they leave and then start um, an agency that's focused on similar work to what we do. We are true marketers. We all come from private industry, private background. I have folks from Saatchi and Saatchi. I have folks from Edelman. I have folks from the mill in Chicago. So really, we were just a group of marketers who wanted to unite and try to make a difference in a space that is, you know, typically controlled by, you know, usual suspects, you could say. Okay, so I totally understand, and that is a fantastic differentiation. I certainly know what you're talking about when you say this is the way most of those business, most of your competitors start. Yeah, somebody that, that lost their job, if you will, now what do I do? I got it. Yeah. So, but one, I'm going to circle back because I don't want our listeners to think that you only work with blockchain people and cannabis yes. uh, people. So in general, then give us a little broader definition. I'm a listener and I've got such and such a problem and I need to talk to you. So give us a, go back and, and redefine who should be talking to you. Yeah, just given the, you know, given the nature of the work we do, we, we work with also a lot of organizations that are in highly regulated industries. Okay. So health insurance companies, organizations that typically have more restrictions on their marketing and messaging than a typical brand would have, just because we're comfortable navigating those areas. And so we work with a lot of groups like that as well. And then in addition, we have a lot of nonprofit or cause-based clients who have a particular issue or topic that they're trying to promote or advance. Uh, it could be social justice. It could be, you know, a number of issues, um, fighting poverty, things like that. And we work with them as well. Okay, beautiful. Okay, that's 
Thanks for that amplification. I appreciate it very much. So I think we've got a pretty good understanding of, of your clients, your prospects. The kind, in fact, you even covered the kind of employees that come your way. So thanks for all of that. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to turn you into Professor, Professor Ryan Green. And so take us through the story of how you built your business and maybe even the predecessor company. So we get a feel for, you know, some of your philosophies. You already have shared with us that you've got a long-term vision and you shared that with us. So walk us through that. And what I'd like you to, to focus on is some of the wins that you had and what the, what you learned from the wins, some of the failures that you may have had and what you learned from the failures. And with your permission, I'll kind of prompt you and dig a little deep from time to time. But just kind of start back at, the beginning that you pick and tell us about your story. Cool. So I'll probably start with Firebone. You know, that was my first company that I was a partner in and that I helped launch. And I really got a taste of the sort of highly regulated or advocacy space. We were fortunate enough to work with Pfizer, but we were actually hired with their government affairs office out of New York. And that's where we learned that government affairs offices oftentimes have a marketing and promotion budget that's separate from the brand side. And that really, that really revealed a niche that we could compete in because then we were no longer going up against, you know, the Leo Burnett's or the Edelman's of the world. We could actually go in and, and market and communicate to the government affairs offices. And they had hired us to do work for their oncology division out of La Jolla, which is their cancer research division. And I remember when they were taking us on the tour, they walked us through and pointed to the researchers and the scientists in there. And they said, unfortunately, a lot of the people who are working here are working on a treatment that will never uh, reach market before their career ends. And that was really shocking and stunning to me because they were working on such a critical issue. But the reality was the challenges of getting those things through the hoops of government approval were, were dramatic. And so they wanted us to assist in better communicating and marketing to lawmakers in order to accelerate um, the rate at which those drugs would reach market. And so fast forward, I decided to leave that company and start another company. And uh, I got to do some work at more state level policy issues. And one was I met a woman who was, in, who was convicted of a felony at age 19. She served her time, got out. And then put herself through nursing school as a single mom over seven years. And she was attending school on a waiver. When she got out, the state of Illinois told her, oh, we changed the law while you were in school. You can no longer become a nurse. And so she reached out to our agency. And we put together a short documentary film about her problem. We launched a marketing campaign. And within 15 months, changed the law back. And she was actually at the bill signing with the governor and she became, not only became a nurse, she's now a manager and she was managing an entire team of nurses in a nursing home during the middle of COVID, you know, saving lives. And that's really where we caught the bug of wanting to do more of this type of work. And so we began with Iron Light in 2018 and I just started recruiting, you know, marketing talent that I had connections with who really agreed with the issues that we were working on and it was very attractive to them. And we began to grow the company from there. Fantastic. Now, now, thanks for sharing that seed. That's a beautiful story. After we're finished, I, I've got a yeah. story to tell you about, about ex-convicts 
and a, and a client of mine up in Seattle that you'll you'll like the story. I met with, okay. and then I'm going to ask your permission to tell your story to her as well. Okay. So, um, so okay, so you uh, said you attracted people in the industry to your vision. So is that how you did it? You talked about your vision and then said, I'd like, you know, I'm building my team and I'd like you to consider joining us. Give us, walk us through an example of one of those early key hires and how, how that recruiting process went. Yeah, an early key hire was a friend of mine, Daniel Anthony. His background is he was at Saatchi and Saatchi, worked on a lot of CPG clients, sustainability. So he was already familiar with cause-based efforts and marketing. And he had since left and he was at another um, think tank out east. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, I need a really talented branding guy, uh, messaging guy to come in and be a part of my senior leadership team. And he agreed to join the agency in uh, 2019. And that was really, I would say, a turning point for us because top talent attracts other talent. And he was that our first, first initial sort of key, key addition to the team. So what role does he have nowadays? So now he's our chief brand officer. Chief brand officer. Um, yep. Yep. Be, he also uh, oversees our... I'm guessing you probably have some unique senior leadership team titles. Chief brand yes. officer. What other kind of titles do you have in there? We have head of production. We have chief impact officer. Okay. Um, and that's unique because we also produce a lot of impact films, which are essentially short documentary films. And then we run marketing campaigns around those, and those are called impact campaigns. And so that's why we have a chief impact officer. They oversee that process uh, for us. Do you have your own own production company as well? We do. So in uh, 2020, we launched a nonprofit called Iron Light Labs. And the reason we did that is to further advance our mission, but also be able to produce uh, documentary films in a way that was cost-efficient. As you may know, documentary films aren't big money makers. So what we would do is take profit from the agency and move it into the to the nonprofit to produce these impact films. We had a slate of five films last year that we either produced ourselves or we someone brought an idea to us and we funded it. This year we'll have a slate of another five films under that production film house. Okay. And any other members of your senior leadership team titles? Yeah, not that are unique. I mean, I have a chief revenue officer, okay. uh, chief marketing officer, and uh, you know that's that's pretty much the the composition of our senior leadership team at Iron Lake. So I like your definition. I, I I like the SLT senior leadership team label. So do you do you have ma- regular management meetings? How do you go about managing your business on a month day to day month to month basis? Day to day month to month. I actually have a board. And, you know, the board, I think, has been a key, a key decision in, in the rate of growth that we've had. One of my board members is a former partner at Ernst & Young. He aged out and he's on our board. We also have an investor and money manager who's on the board. So we have really talented folks on the board and meeting with them quarterly really holds us accountable to hitting revenue goals and other targets that we have. We adopted the OKR process. Because with creatives, I think if you were to take a more robust strategic planning process beyond the OKR process, it might be a little bit too much to to follow. And so OKRs, I think, have been uh, a really key decision for us because they're really flexible. 
and they allow us to drive drive forward pretty quickly. That's beautiful. Okay, thanks for sharing all of that. All right, so let's circle back through the, you know, the few short years you've had your business. Uh, so tell us one or two maybe crashes and burns, Ryan, that you experienced, and what, what what did you learn with those experiences? Fortunately, we haven't had any crash and burns with Iron Light. With beautiful. Firebone, yeah, with Firebone, that wasn't the case. Um, we had a lot of ebbs and flows with revenue because most of our client base was projects and I took those learnings. And so Iron Light, 90% of our clients are on retainer. Oh, beautiful. Um, Good job. Yeah. And that gives us, you know, it's, it's mutually beneficial to us and the clients. It allows us to produce a higher level of work more efficiently and more quickly for them. But then from the agency side, the business side, it gives me more predictability and revenue, which is why we're able to grow our team from 12 people in 2018 to now 38 currently at Iron Light. That's beautiful. So probably that also differentiates your firm from your competition who is very project oriented. So congratulations on that, that maneuver, that strategic maneuver. That's, that's excellent. Beautiful. So what's holding you back right now, Ryan? I would say the thing that's holding us back right now is, is just, you know, we are a young company and even though we are large in size, we still don't have the name ID that we would like. And, uh, you know, we're trying to break into these industries that have legacy players in them. And, uh, you know, as a young startup, you know, trying to break into any, you know, sort of established industry, it's always difficult. So I'd say that that's our biggest challenge currently. So how can our listeners contact you? So I'm thinking about People listening are potentially interested in working for you. People listening are potential, they have some sort of a cause that they want help with. So how would each of those particular stakeholders get a hold of you and or your firm? Yeah, if someone's interested in working at Iron Light, LinkedIn is, is my preferred way uh, to reach out to me there. And for potential clients, I mean, they can just email me directly, ryan at ironlight.com uh, or through our site, ironlight.com. Beautiful. Okay, beautiful. And uh, <clears throat> by the way, good job finding that that domain name. It cost us a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you start out with uh, and 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 go ahead and buy the domain, or did you have a different name and finally decide to bite bite the bullet and, and get and buy the domain? Yeah, we it used to be Iron Light, but it was .ht. Okay. Um, that was our initial. And then we were able to, to secure the, the domain itself. Oh yeah. I think yeah. it, I think it actually used to be a lighting company that redirected to amazon.com. So, uh, we got, we were fortunate to secure it. So that's good. Yeah. Good jobs. Yeah. The reason I asked you is I just suspected that I have a, I had a client out in, in, in uh, the Seattle area called LaborWorks, uh, and they're a temporary labor company. So people that need okay. like, warehouseman for inventory or something so it used to be wrx.com and i i I said you know scott you guys are a big enough company you got to go buy that you know whatever whatever the number is so now they're laborworks.com beautiful so ryan i've asked you several questions you did a fantastic job handling both of these explanation of your of your products and services and also how you built your business What's the one question that maybe I should have asked you or could have asked you where you were thinking I might? And so what's that unasked question, Ryan, and what's the answer to that? 
Yeah, I think a lot of people ask, or at least I've been asked most most recently about revenue. I've also been asked about talent recruitment and retention. I think we're in the midst of the great resignation. So a lot of people ask me, how do you, how did you grow your staff so quickly attract such good talent and then retain it? So those are typically the two questions I'm asked most often. Okay. Give us both. All right. So revenue 2018, we were under half a million and this year we'll probably end up doing around 7 million. And then in terms of recruiting and, and retaining talent, my job as CEO has mostly evolved into recruiting. And that's been my biggest focus, not, not only recruiting talent, but also recruiting clients. Obviously I do a lot of selling, but I'm always out meeting and talking to folks as often as possible and, and always on the hunt for, for top talent. And the retention piece has actually been, I think, fairly easy because we've really focused strongly on the culture at Ironlight and also the type of work we do. People find extremely re rewarding, you know, to be able to work with a single mom and change her life or, or someone affected, you know, by an issue, whether it's a medical issue or something like that, and actually deliver a solution to them is extremely rewarding. And, and our employees seem to enjoy that, that work. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that. You've been a fantastic guest and uh, our listeners have enjoyed listening to you. I know, and hopefully you'll find a, a couple of new recruits for your staff and a few uh, brand new clients as well, Ram. That'd be great. All right. So everybody now in closing, let's focus on the single fact. And that is that our businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management. And number three, and Ryan hit this really hard, building and leveraging a high performance team. So thanks for listening. Ryan, once again, thanks for sharing your time with us. Thank you.